Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the most paganistic episode of bandwagon nerds in the history of the podcast it is easter sunday and if you listened to the show last week you already know you were going to be hosted today by two jews and a gentile but we actually upped the ante because we brought in an honorary jew is like jeff spicoli or are you a jew i am today uh it is the one and only i gotta welcome him back first before everybody else Ray Cash, making his return Thank to the you. show, switching religions. It's a good time. Ray, how are you? Lahayim. That's why, Lahayim, my brother. That's why I've been gone. I've been in conversion camp for the past month. <laughs> I didn't even know they had <laughs> conversion camps, but okay. <laughs> to turn you into a Jew. I, usually it's oh. the other way around. <laughs> what? So, so first one was I missed you guys dearly um a lot going on in my life so i'm just not able to podcast very much but i but this is i've said on every show i shows that i run and produce this is my favorite show to do and i've missed a lot but i got a question for y'all what's more paganistic the devil or the easter bunny well probably the easter bunny <laughs> <laughs> The devil is the Easter bunny. That's right. Ooh, there you go. Tunny stirring Hello? the pot. Speaking Hello? of Tunny, he's the one Gentile on the show today, as it's two two and a half Jews and a Gentile now. Uh, I'll take that. It's the one and only PC Tunny, here to kind of uh, keep the faith in more ways but than I, one. But I, but I shan't be gentle. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to be gentle. You just have to be a Gentile and not... Gent- he prefers genteel. I think he prefers well, genitals, but it's all good, you know. By the, by the way, can you still Depends call me the on reverend? The genitals. Can you still call me the reverend, or should you call me the rabbi today? The rabbi Ooh. Ray Cash. There you go. Yes. Well, now, changing now religions for the joke. The more, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Ray still getting booed. Yeah. Yep. That's for Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have the other half of the two Jews and a Gentile uh, tag team here. The one and only Aesop Mitchell. Aesop, how are you doing, man? Hello, everyone. What a blessed day for for us to be here. <laughs> and mazel tov to my crew. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, right off the bat, you guys can kind of see the direction we are going in today. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk some Moon Knight. We got a few trailers, including one massive trailer 
to kind of look at and lots of little news around the nerdosphere, including a couple stories shared by our good friend Aesop that are near and dear to his heart. So hopefully he's going to educate us on why that matters because, you know, it's like, okay, if it's, if you're into it, it's got to be worth talking about. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I'll Tony just, just no fucks given here on this he's, episode. He's, he's just filling in for the missing uh, Patrick O'Dowd. Uh, <laughs> so. With the nobody cares whole thing. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Um, let's get some Marvel music going and jump right into Moon Knight because I, I do need to talk to you guys about this week's episode. So here's some uh, lead in music. All right, fellas, Moon Knight, episode three. Before we get to the details about it, I want to ask you guys this, because I'm out playing golf yesterday with my nephew and a couple other guys, and and he's like, did you see Moon Knight, episode three? I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, wasn't it awesome? I'm like, pulling a tunny kind of out of my ass. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how, and I just, I, so here's the thing is, I like the episode. There's lots to like about it, but, you know, halfway through, I just don't know how I feel about the show in total. Am I am I completely wrong on this? I, I mean, are you guys seeing it differently or or like my wife was like, it, it's good, but it's kind of slow, isn't it? And I'm like, it's it is a slow burn, um, and and I'm not really sure where we're going. I like the show, but I'm just like, it's it's weird. Out of all the Marvel shows that we've reviewed, you know, usually by now halfway through, you've got a good feel for is this going to be really good or or just kind of great, um, and. With this one, it's kind of like, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. So what do you guys think? Am I am I way off base here? Or 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 you guys are you guys feeling the same thing after this episode? Anybody can start. Ray, you want to start? Ray's Ray's a little tied up at the moment. But uh, Ray Ty- Ray was getting spoon fed. Uh you it was know, quite the that, image. <laughs> that is quite Jewish there. I mean, getting spoon fed, it doesn't say Jewish more than getting spoon fed. So Hey man, sorry. It's the dinner. It's all right. Chazak, uh, <laughs> chazak, Ray. <laughs> Ray, um, I know you yeah. listened to all that. What I just said. How are you? I mean, we haven't heard from you on Moon Knight yet. Halfway through, I- am I completely off base here, or how are you feeling about the show? No, you're not off base. But this is a this is Marvel has. Well, I disagree, but you're not off base because Marvel has spent. 15, 17 years showing us something. And then they said, nah, so we're going to do it different now. Eternals was kind of the beginning of the slow burn movies again. If you go back and you remember how things were in 2008, when Iron Man came out in the first first phase before we got to Avengers, everything was a slow burn, right? It took two Iron Man movies before we got to the Avengers. It took, you know, so many of these stories to be stretched out before we started speeding up. And so we're starting that over again because they almost did a soft reset of the entire franchise. Um, so I appreciate the fact that Moon Knight is moving slowly because unlike all these other shows we could be having, we know nothing about Moon Knight. Not a thing about Moon Knight. And I the way they've, they've kind of played it because 
I wasn't expecting them to tell the story of Stephen Grant. I was expecting them to just start with Mark Spector. Let's see where we're going. Bing, bang, boom. And to have Mark be the mercenary side or the mercenary personality, if you will, completely threw me off. So I really, I've really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed how they've given you an understanding of why Harrow is the way he is and given them some credence too, because um, one of my favorite Marvel scenes in recent memory is that's the council of all of the different gods and the pyramid. Visually, that is just one of the most stunning things you'll ever see in a Marvel property. But the fact that the all those gods respected or knew Harrow enough to summon him and bring him in, they wouldn't have brought no random dude off the street. So, like, I love how all the motivations are making sense and everybody, uh, their characters and their the ideas behind what they're what they believe in, even Layla, are starting to slowly make sense and get more credence. The two things that I'm waiting for, I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed, but I'm waiting for are they took it took till episode three to really get into the idea of the DID that Mark or Steven has. Because if you don't know that history of the character, you will be led to believe that somehow Steven is using, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark is using Steven's body as an avatar. But in reality, you just very slowly, they're making little small hints that, like in the comics, the reason he used Mark's mind was because Mark's mind was fractured and easy to uh, manipulate because of the DID. We're getting into that. The other thing is, seeing as this is two Jews and a Gentile today, we haven't touched on the fact that Mark Spector is Jewish. And that was always a big part of the character that I knew of. Now, I'm not saying it needs to be, he needs to walk around with the Star David on his chest or nothing, but like I just, it hadn't been brought up. And these are the two most um, known things about the character. But other than that, the, the, the Stephen Grant has a full... Everything you you know, everything about you need to know about Stephen Grant in, in three episodes. You know, everything that they want you to know about Mark Spector in three episodes. You have seen that while the Avatar Moon Knight is from Kanchu, Moon Knight doesn't have to be the dude with the hood and you know the the white the white suit Batman. Because you got Mr. Knight. It's just whoever the Avatar is at the moment uses how he uses them. So it's just a lot of really cool things they and you can see that there's a lot more that we don't know about because um what was it was the damn easter bunny it was the it was the avatar for was it tef that uh the lady who's like trying to help him and I know that's gonna be Hathor. yes thank you Hathor. yes and i know it's gonna be a problem with the rest of the guys because they ain't rocking with Kanchu. Kanchu got to get out of his uh wooden his uh um prison, whatever you would call that, wouldn't, but stone prison. So much is happening here. And the interesting thing is, normally in these situations, and I know I'm ranting, I'm sorry, the the bad guy of the movie normally doesn't get close to what they want until the end. Harold gonna get this shit like now. So we got three episodes of how they gotta figure out to stop this dude. So I, I'm look, I'm with it. I just think when it's a newer franchise and something different, like the Doctor Strange movie is going to be like a, my, a million miles a minute. Spider-Man was a million miles a minute. We know those people. This needs to be a little slower so we can digest and get to know this person. Because if Moon Knight is really going to be a part of the world going forward, the MCU going forward, you've got to have an idea of who he is 
to care about him. So I'm with I'm with the slow burn. See, I, I feel better now. You know, I, I almost understand it a little bit better. I'm like, all right, it makes all sense to me. Aesop, how are you feeling at a halfway point of this thing? Are are you feeling like Ray? Are you somewhere different? Well, I'll tell you right now, I don't feel like PC. Um, so that's <laughs> that's good. We we already know that uh, Tunny hates this show. Am I right? I- no, that's completely wrong. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I just had to be sure. Um, first of all, I don't know how much everyone knows about Moon Knight. And not to mention knows the personalities of Moonlight. Uh, as Ray had mentioned, his identities. There are three identities to the Moon Knight character. There is Mark Spector. There is Stephen Grant. And the third one, which has yet to be mentioned, but definitely made an appearance of sorts in this, Jake Lockley, Mm. which is the unhinged version of Mark Spector. And they made a brief mention of it as they're doing the chase scene. Uh, You know, then he wakes up and sees everyone murdered. You know, like, Stephen, what did you do? He's like, I didn't do that. And then they just totally brush past it, which was... Kind of cool. You know, I understood why they did it because Mark is trying to be in the moment to hopefully get his answers about Ahmet and uh, Harrow. But that is clearly where they are going with this one. Uh, They are going to do another type of transition episode because that first episode was primarily Stephen Grant. Yes. Then it kind of blended the two between Stephen and Mark in episode two, which led us into episode three, which gave us primarily Mark Spector. Now I am predicting that episode four is going to be another blend with Mark, Stephen, and potentially Jake Lockley to an episode five where you just have crazy batshit, uh, you know, Moon Knight. And hopefully with a different... um, uh, personality and like a uh, moon Knight character, you know, Mr. Knight, uh, ask, I can't think of another one offhand. I know that I thought there was like some type of demon avatar, um, in the comics. I don't know whether or not they follow that. Yeah. You know, yeah, but that's where I'm seeing this ramp up to also Ray. I don't know if you re- know this or if you remembered, but Disney's history with the Jewish faith isn't exactly oh, yeah. kosher. So maybe that's why. Uh, what do you think the, about that? The Good frozen point. body of Walt Disney is making sure that they don't do anything with the Jewish heritage. Fair enough. <laughs> this is true. This is quite true. <laughs> um, yes. Tony, I, I don't know if you hate the show as much as Aesop thinks you hate it, but... <laughs> Um, what are your thoughts at the halfway point of this? Are are you in? Are you out? Are you on the fence? No, I don't know where Aesop's been the last two weeks, but I've talked pretty much about how I've enjoyed the show. Um, I do agree with you, Dave, uh, a little bit of a regression as far as, uh, my enjoyment level from episode two to episode three, but the, all the underlying story that we've talked about here that I've learned while we've watched the show and listened to you guys leads me to believe that you know, these next couple episodes are going to be really good leading to hopefully a finale that gives us some idea of where exactly this is going to be ending 
up inside the MCU at some point. So the characters are very interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying the difference between Mr. Knight and, and Moon Knight and, and things of that nature and, and how they do it. And, and Oscar Isaac is just excellent at flipping back and forth. He has a couple scenes where he literally just goes from one to the other in, in the drop of a dime and, and he does it believably. Uh, let alone him taking on the personality of Kanchu as well, uh, acting oh, yeah. wise. Yeah. Which was, I, I had to listen to it a little bit like, is that F. Murray Abraham? And they're like, you know, twisting it up a little bit. No, that's Oscar Isaac being F. Murray Abraham being Kanchu. Uh, it, it was pretty nuts. And uh, another thing, too, uh, Tati, by the way, I, I kid with you. You know, I love you, brother man. Um, you, ain't got but, a lot of kick it, you ain't got a lot of kick it. <laughs> uh, but we got a lot of fun nods in this episode as well. Um, obviously, Gaspard Uiel, uh, who, you know, passed. If you didn't notice, they did a nice little touch to him when uh, after he had been, you know, thrown a Moon Knight saber, whatever the fuck those things are, and he ran off. You saw Kanchu stand over the clock, which read, read midnight, which uh, Anton Mogur, Mogur or whatever his last name is, uh, Midnight Man. Yeah. yeah, Mogart is Midnight Man. So that was a nice little nod to him. And uh, we got another mention of Madripoor. I'm sure mm-hmm. that Layla, uh, Mogart, and, or Mogart, whatever, and potentially uh, Sharon Carter all have a nice little run in together. And, you know, this is just another tie-in to a potential X-Men. We're just waiting on it. What apocalypse? Ma- well, Madripoor. Madripoor is very oh, much the, yeah, the yeah, 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 X-Men, yeah. Got you. the X-Men world, you know, and we've had yes. it a little bit here and there. I'm I'm digging Moon Knight. I like the slow burn. And rather than look at it, looking at it as six episodes, it's probably better oh, to look at it as three. That it's three different episodes, you know, just two hours a piece. And Tony said something that made me think that's interesting to me is that how is this going to connect to the MCU proper? Because I'm just trying to allow myself to think once this is all over, when he gets the call to come hang with the Avengers or the defenders or whatever, he, they serve at the behest of Khonshu essentially. Right. I know they have their own free will or whatnot, whatnot, but they're but Kanchu is how they are allowed to have the avatar and not get shot and whatever. I don't see Kanchu saying, "Oh yeah, Thanos trip and go ahead and go handle that." I don't really see that, so I'd really like to see how they connect the two together and make it make sense. Even Venom, Venom had I know that's not MCU, but even the way he he made himself think, "Oh, we got to be a hero now," made sense if you followed the story. So that's when I, you got to show me. Well, with Dr. Strange two just a few weeks away, you know, anything that kind of dangles a hint about the X-Men out there is going to get a lot of people talking. And like Aesop saying, you got Madripoor mentions, you got speculation running rampant that it, Charles Xavier is going to show up in multiverse of madness. You got rumors that, yeah, there's going to be a shit ton of surprises in, in, in Doctor Strange 2. But let, let's break the episode down. We've got our overall thoughts. Let's kind of break down some of the, the key points of this one. Uh, Aesop mentioned the appearance of Gaspard Uliel, who was in there, and they did have a nice tribute to him in the show. And then at in the post credits, you know, in memory of uh, Gaspard Uliel, 
Uliel, and I know he's going to appear in at least two more episodes, so we're not done with his story arc yet. Um, you've got the best parts of this episode to me were you get to see the development of the of the separation of of Stephen and Mark, and as Aesop mentioned, you've got the specter of Jake hanging out there because yeah when mark loses control and wakes up and everybody's killed it's like well steven didn't do that but um it's cool because you get to see the separation of the personalities that when you need combat and brute force mark's in charge when you need the smarter more kind of you know human (laughs) variation somebody who's more relatable they bring in steven and and even Layla at some point is like can you just bring steven in here to, to interpret all this shit and it's steven who figures out the constellation um, and the and the map, some really cool stuff like the Council of the Gods. You know, we've mentioned early on were were we going to get the Egyptian gods in here? Well, we've got the emphatic answer to that. Yes, there's a whole council of them, and I wouldn't say they're afraid of Amit, but there's definitely some concern and trepidation there amongst all of them as far as this being being released upon the earth. And yeah, at the end of everything, you know, they Khonshu decides that he's going to make the sky turned back 2000 years, which pisses the gods off to the point that they imprison him in stone, which is just what Harrow wants. That's and, and kind of Her- it, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean it's, it's more involved than that, but you know, at, at the end, you know, they're now they've got the map. So you got Layla and Steven slash Mark going to try and find the tomb to try and stop Harrow, even though it may be a little too late for that. Um, but that's kind of where it seemed like we left off at the end of this. Is, it seems like Steven also with Layla is becoming everything that she wanted in Mark that she did, wasn't yep. getting. Yep. True. Yep. Uh, another thing, too, that I kind of was watching throughout was uh, Harrow's ties with the gods. Because I, I realized that he used to be an avatar. He's not anymore, but he's still very much in this lifestyle. He knows all of them. And they still know him as well and seem to kind of be on his side at times. They like him, they like him better than. than yeah. With yeah. The, the avatar of, I believe it was Osiris, uh, the guy that was kind of running the council. Um, you know, after they brought Harrow back in after Conchu was locked up, um, you know, in my head, I'm going, well, why would you? do that he's not an avatar anymore why the hell would you even bother to bring him in so i'm wondering if his silver tongue is kind of still involved with the the rest of the egyptian gods and the overall uh overvoid uh which was also mentioned if you don't know what that is uh that's like the asgard for the norse gods uh but overvoid is for the egyptian ones so i thought that was a nice little uh easter egg in there as well very cool stuff. How are you going to resolve Asgardian gods versus Egyptian gods? We're going to have some major throwdown at some point in the MCU. That uh, that might be fun. Well, the answer is, in July, if it's still supposed to be July, we got a God, bitch, God Butcher comic that don't care who, who, what country you represent. So, Oh, from Love and Thunder. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That more. movie that we will never... Care. Ray, I got to ask you, we ever going to get a trailer for Love and Thunder? This is kind of a, a, a meme amongst ourselves going on here, but. Look, well, the fun answer is no, but I mean, realistically, you know, as, right either right before or right after Doctor Strange is going to be what happens. Just like Spider-Man no, Spider-Man no Way Home, we got the first trailer for the Doctor Strange movie. 
Think so, about how awesome that would be if they just did teaser trailers the entire time. Don't actually give us trailers. Dope. And you know the beauty of it is? Thor? You don't need one. We would all go see it. Like, yes, it sure. like it's, a it's a Marvel dollars. property. It's not like it's a, you know, we, we've got our, you know, trailer park that we're going to talk, you know, in moments, I'm sure. But it's not like it's an unknown property. It's one, Marvel, and two, it's Thor of Marvel. Like, we all know what the hell's going on. And I hate to say this, but we're we're a very honest show. Doing it that way may behoove them because most people don't know that Jane Foster will be getting Mjolnir and becoming Thor, and Thor will become Odinson. And I don't know if you show some of that on a commercial well, we get backlash similar to how Captain Marvel got backlash before the movie came out. Now, how do you feel about Brie Larson? Whatever. Like, there are some people who would not be a fan of that. My wife. She hates the idea of a female Thor. Despises and, it. And Mighty Thor, the best thing that ever happened to Thor in the comics, as far as I'm concerned. One of the best. Because Thor's run is Odinson without being worthy. It's probably the dopest thing he's done in the comics in the past 15 years. I know that's my opinion, but yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all good stuff. You know, we got lots, lots of, I mean, heavy, heavy Marvel stuff coming in the next few months between, you know, you got this one concluding you've got after that, it goes right into Dr. Strange. Then you've got Miss Marvel. Then you've got Thor love and thunder. And then who knows where we go from there. I'm sure they're going to let us in on that. And some of that we're going to talk about in news around the nerdosphere, or in this case, Jews around the nerdosphere. Let's get that right. Yes. This episode. Exactly. Uh, but any any like final thoughts on, I mean, at the end of this thing, I, I do like the fact that Khonshu is clearly not favored by the rest of the gods who were just looking, looking for an excuse to lock his ass up and, you know, making time go backwards, sort of, kind of. That was a bit too much for them. So into stone you go, boy. But um, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, any any final thoughts on this episode? I I think Aesop brings up the really good point that we might get the third of the uh, the trifecta of personalities in, inhabiting this one avatar uh, as we get you know going along here. But any final thoughts on this thing as to uh, you know what your thoughts are, where we are, and where we're probably headed at this point? Um. Well, give it time. I mean, this is clearly a better limited series than ones they've put out in the past. Uh, you know, I, no offense to something like, uh, like Hawkeye. Hawkeye Don't, was fine. God damn it. Don't Hawkeye it. was fine, but I'm, I'm finding, finding this far more engaging. Uh, I it's, this is definitely more engaging on a, um, more of a mental level than something like Falcon and winter soldier. You know what I mean? Like that, that had different, uh, a, an entirely different type of storyline. Don't get me wrong, but this is a different type of brain bend. And well, the, the world of the world of the what do they call the difference between the, the Marvel worlds the um, the the ones that don't have powers and the ones that do. Yeah, well, you got people that ain't got no powers. You just only so many stories the, you can street tell. Street level guys. Street Listen, level. You can't, you can't have a backyard YMCA shield training in every single series. Okay, that's true. <laughs> the the, the, the takeaway for me, let that go. The thing for me is something that Sop pointed out that I'm I, I thought about, but it didn't cross my mind until like really like until he said it. 
this episode was the first time you saw Steven and Mark work together in concert. Like it took a while, but they finally got there where they seemed to finally trust each other and like, starting well, to understand each other like, a little bit more. And Jake is gonna screw all that up. So we got roll. That's gonna be fun. We got gym mats. Uh, we got some old tires here. It's gonna be two hundred and fifty bucks. What What are you doing with all this stuff? Oh, I'm training. Oh yeah, what you training for? Oh, I'm gonna be a superhero. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Acknowledge him, Tony. Acknowledge him. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think we've uh, we've uh, gone around this episode. I mean, it, it's it's too big of an episode to dissect in in minute bite sized details, but. There's just an overarching kind of thing going on. And, and, and yeah, I, I mean, the last three episodes could really alter a lot of things about the MCU. I mean, who knows if they're going to bring in anybody? And if they do, who could it be? I mean, I still I'm still not completely ruling out some sort of loose Shadowlands connection or, or possibly bringing in Daredevil or something like that. You know, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I mean, it's on the table. You know, if they're going to try and connect anything that's out there, you've got. Some people. <laughs> Tony. Oh, wow. PC Tony with it. He's got jokes, folks. He's got jokes. Too bad this isn't on video. But uh, yeah, I, let's uh, let's go ahead and leave Marvel behind. Let's take our first commercial break here. Uh, Going to remind you guys, you were listening to Bandwagon Urge, which is a part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I don't know about you guys, but I hear banjos and fiddles warming up in the background. I think it's time to head on over. <laughs> That's right. Time to head on over to the trailer park. All right, fellas. Uh, now, if Patrick O'Dowd was here, I know I would have a partner in crime for this first of the three trailers we're going to talk about today because we're very excited about this. I don't even know if we've ever talked to I, Ray. Have you watched Flash Gordon, Lock and Key, any of that stuff yet? Or are you still working through all that? I'm just curious. I t- I've seen Flash Gordon 25 times. 25. Yes. Okay. All right. 25. Awesome. I, since you've been in, in, in isolation, you had nothing better to do but watch all this stuff that you not have. isolation conversion camps. They don't oh, let us bring right. our phones or DVD players. Yeah, I don't know, man. They might they might not do. Sam Jones is just you know blonde hair, blue eye. That's very Aryan. So I don't know if they actually <laughs> showed Flash Gordon in the conversion camp, buddy. But uh, anyway, 
I forget, Ray. Are you are you a Stranger Things fan? I don't think you've seen it, have you, or have you not? I have. My daughter is my my youngest daughter is obsessed with it, so I have not seen it, but I have watched some of the episodes with her. All right, and and Tony, I know. You, have you watched any Stranger Things? Or are you still? That's one on your bucket list. Oh, Stranger Things. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it in a minute. Okay, Aesop, how about you? Are you a Stranger Things fan? I'm waiting for the whole thing to be done so I can watch it. Well, okay. I want to. I want to. I'll this probably is, do the same thing. Feels like this always felt like a, a series that was going to be a full binge series that not not something that I wanted to necessarily wait for. Okay, I guess I'm talking to myself here for the next couple of minutes since Patrick's sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but we got the first official full blown trailer for season four of Stranger Things, and and an interesting little tidbit about it that. Unlike, and I'm guessing, this is my guess. I don't have any confirmation, but I'll throw this out to you guys. You don't even have to watch the show for this. So at the end of the trailer, they announced that Volume 1 drops on May 27th, Volume 2 on July 1st. I, I think July 1st. It, am I to take that as them saying, unlike every other Netflix series known to man, we're not dropping everything. We're going to drop it half here and the other half here. I mean, that's unprecedented for Netflix, isn't it? For yeah. sure. But, yeah, but think about it. This is, this is one of the shows that put them on the map, oh, really. Yeah. I mean, as far as being one of their best things they've ever done, most talked about. Um, I love when Tony buries himself. This is a show that put him on the map, one of the best things I've ever done, and I haven't watched a minute of it. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, I have. Keep going, Tony. But you can see those kind of things from, you know, being outside of the forest. You know what that's I'm true. saying? So that's true. You know, I can recognize a, a giant interest level in it when you go around and people are talking, you know, you end up talking to people what you watch. And that's a very top popular, you know, water cooler topic. You know, there's so much stuff to watch. So many different genres. This comes up a lot. Right. I enjoyed the preview. I guess they're going back to the roots of the whole stranger thing. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. For me, it's just, there's so much stuff out there. I'm usually a right away, a smell test guy. And this one, I was just not interested in. And on, on top of that, what if they, what sorry, if just, they, just to finish yeah, real quick, yeah. it makes sense for them to split it and go ahead and get eyeballs and, and subscriptions twice as opposed to once. And speaking of splitting it, what if instead of, of one 13 episode season, they do two 10 episode seasons? Maybe and 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 flesh it out and get all they can out of the rest of the story, right? And it does look like they are going back to at least. I guess you're going to find out who the big bad behind the upside down has been the whole time, and then that's kind of where we are are going in this one. The kids are all getting older. This is the final season, um, and you see them growing older at this point. The big thing, of course, in season three when we left off, L really didn't have her powers, and that becomes a focal point of this trailer where. I forget the guy's name, but he's sitting there in a diner and look, he's basically like, she's like, I don't have my powers. And he's like, if without you, we can't win this war. And so the, 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 the stakes are being raised. Um, it looks like it's definitely going to be as dark and, and crazy as some of the other stuff has been. Um, I forget the girl's name at the beginning. Oh, Max, uh, you know, she's talking to the grave of her brother, Billy, who died at the end of, uh, at the end of season three saying things haven't been the same since he's left. So lots of good stuff happening here in this trailer that, yeah, I mean, as some, as a fan of stranger things, I'm like, yeah, Memorial day weekend is going to be a perfect time just to blast through the first part of season four, which is the final season of the series. So I I'm looking forward to, I hopefully I know Patrick's taking notes 
about stuff that he wants to talk about. So, Pat, here's your cue. Let's talk Stranger Things when you come back next week, because I'd like to get your take on what's going on. So, well, Memorial Memorial Day weekend, we know what Tony's going to be doing. Watching Stranger Things, of course. AEW Double or Nothing, his favorite wrestling show. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I'm still oh. mulling over whether to go to Vegas or not, but I'm probably going to lean against that since, you know, it's like, eh. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. They I give mean, look, they, they give away all their shit for free anyhow, so who cares? Right? Was the biggest show, the biggest match they could have had have already happened. So that's yeah. right. They'll do it again, but better. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at this, like you said, uh, Dave, it's the final season, right? And if you look at the final whatevers in these pop culture genres, uh, you got something like Harry Potter. Uh, Deathly Hallows was two parts. Uh, Hunger Games, two parts. Twilight. Twilight, two parts. Endgame. So, I mean, yeah, Endgame, two parts. Guess what? It's not surprising. And uh, I don't know if you're going to get more than you think, uh, like potentially more than, than they normally give. I would venture to say they probably don't, that they're just drawing it out. Now, like you said, Dave, since this is the final season, I'll probably start binge watching the rest of it, you know, to gear up for this final season, because why the hell not? Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- that way we can still have fun and talk about it going forward. I absolutely 100 percent. And, and I'll, I'll be honest and all full disclosure. And you guys probably know this. I was late to the Stranger Things party as well. It was my wife and and my ni- and her niece who watched all of it. And I just kind of came along late, but fell in love with the show almost immediately it's it's really good the kids who have grown up are excellent all of them and there are people you see ev- everywhere like uh who plays l bobby joe brown or something like that millie, I, millie bobby brown thank you i had her last name right and fucked up the first two parts of it but that's all right so i'm here that i'm glad Aesop's here to keep me straight but she's really really awesome in this show and she's evolved her character arc has been really cool to watch from you know not saying anything and getting in touch with her powers to being a fully fleshed out character. So that's been awesome to watch. I'm excited about this final season. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Stretch it out a little bit. I don't know if you need to go the whole walking dead route. We're going to take the final season and make three parts out of it. It's like shit. Yeah. And people are not, <laughs> not feeling that show at all right now. From what I understand, I haven't been keeping up. They with haven't it. been feeling that show in a, in years and seasons. That's, so like, don't most- be surprised by that. The wildest thing to me is that the one thing that every Walking Dead fan wanted to see is the one thing that turned every Walking Dead fan off. It's the most wild shit to me in the world. Negan, when Negan showed up and killed them all, like that was the moment where half the fan base left. Yeah. Blows my mind. Well, I think that whole, I don't know, man. I I mean, you knew, like, I remember that whole summer thinking, who's Negan going to kill? Is it going to be Glenn like they're going to do in the comics? And then he kills somebody else and you're like, oh, it's not him. Then they swerve you back and then they actually kill him off and I love that shit. I did. I thought I it was great that. too, but I think like, you know, when they, some of this stuff just got a little out of control, but we're not here to talk walking dead. Let's, <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. I know. Pat's Pat's like, move on. I can hear him right now in my, in my heads. It's like Vince in my fucking ear. <laughs> move on. You know, it's like, okay. Got Get it. off Get that shit. Stop talking that stupid shit. Move on. <laughs> O'Dowd co- tries to run on and blows both of his quads in the process. <laughs> Oh, that would be that'd be sad. Tragically Tra- hilarious. Tragically hilarious, exactly. <laughs> we lo- nothing but love for you, Pat. We don't want you blowing out anything. Um, so let's talk about the second trailer. Actually, Pat had 
I got a mea culpa on this one. Pat had shared the trailer earlier in the week, and then I shared it like a few days later, not realizing, you know, that I need to scroll back a few days to make sure I'm not double posting shit. But Ray knows what that's all about. Um, the Northman got the second official trailer. I don't even remember seeing the first one, but this trailer is, is it's a movie coming out April 22nd. So basically what next Friday it's coming out. It's going to be here before you know it. This one to me has a very games of thronish type of feel to it. Uh, what did you guys think? I, I mean, is this something that's been on your radar that you're looking forward to, or did this trailer kind of convert you into say, see conversion? Conversion Camp 2.0. Did this convert you into a believer into seeing the Northmen? How? Uh, what are you guys thinking about this one? I'm thinking think I'll probably pass on this one. <laughs> it does kind of Game of Thrones-ish, but um, I don't know. Maybe like a modern-day uh, Conan the Barbarian kind of thing here, but only more on a little broader scape of just not a singular character. It. I get more of a Vikings feel because the Northmen, very clearly, this is a Scandinavian-esque story from what i'm seeing um i'm normally not in stuff like that but i'm here for tarzan um scars like that dude's it's fantastic a, it's a scars guard i mean it can't be all that bad uh yeah. usually even when he does a bad movie he's usually pretty good himself um I, i'll willem see it. in it too oh daffo willem daffo uh, uh I think I'll probably watch it. I wonder on how this will track, though. I mean, are we going to go to a uh, to that Conan route, like PC said, where it's like it becomes a cult classic, or are we going to go more towards like the Green Knight route, which is like a freaking masterpiece? You know, I, and I don't know what we're going to get out of this movie. And uh, the trailers lead me to feel like this is going to be kind of artsier, but I don't know. And uh, I look forward to seeing it once it comes out eventually, you know, whether it be uh, in the theater or streaming. So, I mean, is this a movie that you're going to go and, and hunt down in the theater to see, or are you just going to kind of like, ah, I'll wait for it to come out on on some streaming service or something like that. Five dollar Tuesdays. Okay, there there you go. And in these days, it's got to be something really big for me to watch it on go to go to the movies. And while I'll enjoy, I'm sure I'll watch it and get some enjoyment out of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't spend. I mean, five dollar Tuesdays. Like if I had nothing to do, maybe. But with my schedule right now, no. Like just I don't I don't know. And that's no diss because I think it'll be good. But well, even Ray, even five dollars to five dollar Tuesdays can be ruined if you go and see Morbius. Just remember <laughs> that. By the way, that rant. I need to listen to your review because I haven't heard it yet, but I heard it's epic. So yes. Oh, Aesop's rant on Morbius is one of the high high water marks of 2022 so far. So that was uh, <laughs> that was epic, and he didn't want to do it, and I just kept like I I just kind of forced him into it. So. Uh, but Damn I, it. I really feel like you did it. The you you did a service to the public, Aesop, because sacrifice for the rest of us. Yeah, huh? take the. Board. I got paid to go see that movie, and I still regretted it. <laughs> you said you felt so bad. I need to oh, give you your money back. That was you know ugh. I was robbing you for that shit. So, oh man, yeah, I think I think the Northman. It look it looks it's intriguing. That's for sure. It's got me interested. 
I don't know if it's one that I'm going to hunt down to go and see in the movies just because I'm kind of like, you know, I'm just, I think a lot of us are waiting for Multiverse of Madness and that's the big thing on our radar and everything else right now is just kind of like, it's there, but I don't care. You know, would you be better off pushing that movie back so that way you're not trying to go against Doctor Strange? Not just, just not trying to go against any Marvel movie in general. I feel like the minute that you see that, can't you just be like, hey, can we push it back two weeks for or, the or love even, of God? Or even push it between July when Thor comes out and, and November when Wakanda Forever comes out. There's a nice little gap in there where you could wedge something in. Here's the yeah. interesting thing to me. Don't you think that this is a perfect movie for that whole um, in theater and at home simulcast yeah. release? Yeah. Because if it was at home, I would catch that shit the day it came out. Yeah. Look, they're, they're trying to make money. And personally, if you're going to try to run up against a Marvel product, you're in trouble. Uh, let's just be frank. I mean, you're in trouble if you're trying to get uh, to run up against a Sony product that everyone thinks is Marvel. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, granted, then one week goes by and uh, you realize what happened. <laughs> and then they all but, hear Aesop's review and they're like, fuck that. I ain't going near anywhere near that thing. But it's it's true. So I, I wouldn't run up against Marvel ever. And yeah, I would assume that they should get type some type of notice. Like when when whenever a Marvel movie is about to drop, wouldn't you be like, yeah, 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 we'll we'll go later if you don't mind. Can you see Abby Pascal with a phone alert? Marvel's doing a movie. Nope, change it, change the date, change the date. <laughs> On a, on a side note, the movie I'm looking forward to that comes out next weekend is the unbearable weight, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal, uh, NPH, Tiffany Haddish. That looks freaking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Too. I've heard great things. Uh, also, the one that I, is like on my list of things I need to see is everything, everywhere, all at the same time. Uh, I hear Michelle that movie Yo? is fucking out of this world that it's impossible yeah it's impossible yeah. to comprehend what that movie is and that's the one that i need to see like immediately i've heard the same things they did a they did an interview with her uh her and Deezus amaro and like if there's never been an interview that's made me say oh i gotta see this movie more like so yes i'm with you so speaking of things that need to be seen, let's talk about the last trailer and see if you guys need to see this. Pat posted this earlier in the week. Uh, Kids in the Hall came out with a trailer. Now, now is this is this okay? Aesop's psyched for it. Is this going to be a series or is this a movie? I think it's a series, right? They're re series. They're reigniting the Kids in the Hall series. It isn't Kids in the Hall was like one of Canada's greatest exports, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean that that is the the build up. For um, Saturday Night Live, really, uh, you, you know, it did have Lauren Michaels attached to it at one point. Uh, Kids in the Hall is great, absolutely phenomenal, and you saw a wonderful amount of not only new stuff but stuff of the past. I have actually gotten to do some comedy stuff with Kevin McDonald, one of the Kids in the Hall, you know, gentlemen. He's phenomenal, and to have everyone come back is so cool so cool 
I mean, I watched it. It wasn't like one of my favorite shows back in the day, but I appreciated the the humor and all that stuff. I love the part like, who's financing it this time? The devil? Uh, kind of. Amazon. So I love Amazon poking fun at themselves in this in this trailer. Um, it, it looks like, you know, and and they they are very cognizant in this trailer of how things were in the 90s and how things are not now. And they are and they are constantly referring back to that kind of like poking, you know, not poking fun at themselves, but kind of like saying, yeah, what we did back then wasn't so uh, so uh, politically correct now. So now here's how we're going to try and address it now. Um, so I guess, Aesop, that's a question for you. And, and Tony, Ray, are you kids in the hall fans? Are you on the fence on this thing or, or how do you feel about it before I turn back to Aesop for a question I have for him? What's kids in the hall? Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's it's okay. I don't like it as much as other people do, but I recognize the talent. There's a few of them I like. There's a few of the sketches I liked. Um, it's okay. See, if Patrick was here, Ray's comment would have gotten him booed out of the building. So I'm kind of glad that, you know. That... If if Patrick was here, me breathing would get me booed out of the building. <laughs> Let me turn back to Aesop, though, as as the biggest kids in the yes, hall fan out of all of because us. Because these these are the Daves we know. Yes. We know. Ken, it, no, Ken, not going to get that there. Oh, damn it. That was a kids in the hall reference. I caught it. <laughs> I caught, I caught it. it. <laughs> Can kids in the hall be successful in 2022 uh, and, and, and not offend the wrong people at the wrong time? Um, no, in fact, I think if they want to be successful, they need to come out swinging and do some mildly offensive stuff. Uh, it doesn't have to be like over the top. Don't get me wrong, but they need to be brash. They need to really make a a scene because you're going to have a lot of people check out the original kids in the hall. Right. And yeah, maybe they're into it. Maybe they're going to be like, what the hell is this? Like, uh, I'm not going to lie. That first episode of kids in the hall has a scene, which they've already threw back out there as like something they're going to bring back. And that's the eradicator, the, the masked squash player. That's just going around, uh, talking shit to everyone. It's so weird. Also not American. Like who here, uh, out of the, the three of you, do you know anyone that plays squash? Frazier. Uh, yeah. um, no. Mike Greenberg's Niles, daughter. Niles and Frazier. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, no one personal. Just going to pull a ray and go, what's squash? But no, I... I... <laughs> like, like the vegetable? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you're. there are some great scenes, uh, skits. Head Crusher is another one that everyone remembers. Uh, Dave's, like I said, Dave's I Know also fantastic and they need to lean in to both the old and the new if they want to be a to be successful and i think with amazon's help because amazon picks and chooses their properties very well they don't put out garbage usually you know every once in a while you have something that may may not land but uh, they are very particular with what they pick up and i think we talked about that when we brought up um, Lord of the Rings, you know, going forward, they are smart and they definitely feel like this is a property that can be successful going forward. So I'm all for 
as much kids in the hall as possible. Let's do it. So, yeah, it sounds like as long as they stay honest to their roots and, and, and what brought them to the table in the first place, this show has a very good chance of being successful. Something to check out. But, guys, that's going to take us out of the trailer park. And it's going to bring us to our second commercial break before we get into the big Jews around the, I mean, news around the nerdosphere aspect of the show. <laughs> before we go to the commercial break, let me do my best and shittiest imitation of Christopher Platt and everything that he does by reminding you guys to make sure you are checking out Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash the chair shot, where we have a plethora of t shirt options, all sorts of great sayings, all sorts of great things, including my new personal favorite. Platt Balaz 2024. Oh, no, that's that's not on the shop yet, is it, Tony? Okay, and it's probably not going to be there if Tony has his way about it. But they do have nefarious means on there. You've got bandwagon nerds. You've got hashtag save tag team wrestling, all sorts of good stuff. Tony, I, I just I just like to get you riled up about Platt Balaz 2024 because, you know, <sighs> just a great long sigh. Uh, Tony, you got anything else to add for people looking for great stuff on the ProWrestlingTees.com site and how they can purchase stuff and support their favorite podcasting network? Yeah, I don't know. Try promo code SPRING or something like that or, you know, I don't know. Promo code HOTFISH, something like that. I don't know. Pick something. Jews around the nerdosphere. Yeah, we should get something going today for that. That's too long. But get it in soft style. You're, and it makes a great gift as well. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair. We need a new shirt. Instead of Jesus did the job, Jews always do the job. How about that, Aesop? We could we could make some money on that, huh? <laughs> yes, let's let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to head into our second commercial break on that glorious note. And then we're going to come back and talk lots of little news nuggets. Really glad Ray's here because we got some topics that I know he's going to be interested in. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right. I, my suggestion this week is for one PC Tunny that I think we should just avoid the echo microphone this week because of all the mishaps that happened a week ago. <laughs> it's just, you know, we'll roll away from that. But we are here to talk some news and Jews around the Nerdosphere. And we're going to begin this whole segment. It's an echo from the conversion camp that I hear there. Um, let's <laughs> let's start off with um, we'll we'll go Jewish to start this thing off because Aesop shared a couple of articles this week that are actually near and dear and personal to him. Um, one of them is about a horror movie I think that dropped just a couple days ago, and the other one is about a fan favorite being brought back to one of the more popular franchises out there for, I guess their final season. Isn't this their 30th and final season or something like that? But Aesop, tell us first about this movie X that dropped on April 14th. Why should we, why should we care? Okay. So if you haven't 
seen the trailers for X. It's very weird. Um, and it has a fantastic uh, feeling of 70s slasher, not to mention adding some art house vibes as well. X is great. If you need any type of idea how good it is, go on to Rotten Tomatoes. I always recommend that. Uh, it's got a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. 75% audience score, certified fresh. This is a great movie. It's so interesting. And I don't really want to uh, you know, give away everything because it, it's got some twists and turns. And T.I. West did a fantastic job directing it. And for, for everyone to be able to kind of get this movie faster than you know a normal viewing movie would be is is really kind of an of an early birthday present for myself. I want to go and watch it again. I want to be able to be in my own uh, house and atmosphere because it is disturbing to say the least. You've got lots of gory, body cringing vibes that I, I'm trying to think of the last time that I really kind of had this feeling watching it. And I, I think the best way to feel about it is like the first time I saw a hostel, but like hostile, I was kind of like by it. X gives me those same chills, but in a more positive feeling like it, you feels justified to feel like that. And I, I really cannot pr uh, like praise this movie enough. And hopefully we can do, some type of mini nerd review on this at some point in time, because it, you know, if we ever do uh, another project in, you know, decades from now, uh, reviewing the best movies of said genre, X is probably going to be one of my favorite horror movies at this time. It really is. So where it's streaming now, where did it, where did it show up? Like what streaming service can you watch it on? Uh, well, I believe it is just streaming on like Apple or uh, like to buy. You have to rent it. You have to rent it. Yeah, but it's worth it. it. It's worth that type of money. Um, so I, I, I again, I, I recommend it. I, I don't want to give it away because this is the type of movie that doesn't that that really shouldn't be spoken too much about. I, I don't want to go spoilers. And, you know, I'm normally all about spoiling it for people too, but it's on Amazon Prime. Twenty bucks, can't recommend it enough. I might even just go outright and buy it today. I might. Uh, I love your recommendation. Yeah, it's it's like a like a more positive hostel. That is quite the recommendation. Ooh, I, I, like I said, I'm trying to think of what what type of movie makes my skin crawl, makes my shoulders like ramp well, up a talked, little bit. We talk martyrs, right? Remember on the horror project? Yes. So yes, that that one is a is a tough one to get through. Yeah, uh, it, maybe not as disturbing as <laughs> murders, but it it definitely is the type of movie that I think you would enjoy, Dave. And definitely you too, Ray. Maybe not PC, but Pat would. Well, you know, we Patrick know horror would. is his favorite genre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, PC loves horror. I mean, horrors as he calls them, horrors, but it's horror. Uh, Ray, it sounds like something you might want to be checking out, too. Yes. So um, it's actually funny because my mom is here with me this weekend and my daughter, my oldest, my oldest daughter is is scared of everything. 
And so we started to watch actually a Netflix movie called Cursor that just came out. Um, and we started to watch that and I showed the trailer and me and my mom were, me and my mom have been watching horror movies our whole life forever. Like when I was three and four, like she was letting me watch like Exorcist and shit like that. So that's our thing. And my daughter couldn't get through it. So then we turned on another lesser scary movie, The Call, the WWE movie with uh, Halle Berry. And she, 10 minutes, she couldn't do that. So I saw the movie X and I was going to rent that for myself. And I said, I can't do this until this child is gone because I don't need her walking in here and seeing any of this because I already can tell that this is another level of scary, but it will be rented or bought and probably watched by the end of the week. My, my six-year-old loves horror movies. I would normally let her watch with me. This is not that type of movie. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. so that show's right. Good. <laughs> well, and that's another thing too. You know, I, if you haven't seen the trailer, it is about a film crew that goes to this, uh, you know, roadside house to shoot a porno. And, you know, we need, you know, we always need boobies in, in horror movies, especially slasher films. But now we have a justified reason to have these boobs and it, it, they do it in a tasteful manner. I guess if you want to call more it that, positive, but hostile. more positive, you know, yeah. we, we could change the title of this episode to tasteful boobies. Although I think that's probably already been done. Right. Tony, that sounds like a Taste- DWI podcast title. If I ever heard uh, one, why isn't that a t-shirt? For uh, bandwagon nerds, tasteful boobies. Tony, get Greg on the phone. Message him now. That actually sounds like the new, that should be the new slogan for Black Blast 2024. <laughs> tasteful <laughs> boobies. <laughs> yes. uh, boobs around the nerdosphere. That's right. Tony's got nothing. He's just he's trying to come up with something, but it's just like he's like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> I never oh, heard a yeah. no. No, that's I, I, true. I didn't hear it. Nobody objected. So the motion passes unanimously. There you go, Greg. Uh, Aesop, talk to us about the other aspect of uh, what you talked about, the return of a fan favorite to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers franchise. This is like their final season, isn't it? Their 30th and final season or what's going on? What 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 about this has you so excited and fills you with such joy? Well, first of all, um, I don't know if it's necessarily the final season. It's the final season of this form of Power Rangers. That of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And for us to be able to have David Yost come back, the original Blue Ranger, it signifies a lot. One, to be able to have him back uh, just in general is fantastic. Now, if if you don't know why... David Yost has never come back. It's because uh, he is an LGBT uh, plus supporter. He himself is a gay man and was bullied so harshly during his run. It more or less traumatized him. And for the Saban Corporation to kind of reach back out and obviously make amends with everything. Because while he was, he is very positive about his time on Power Rangers, he's also has been very outspoken about the treatment that he got during that time. And I, I think it shows that, um, that Haim Saban, uh, you know, and everyone that's working there 
is just wants everything to be as uh, like redeemed as possible. And I, again, Billy was always my favorite. I've always been a big fan of the Blue Ranger, Triceratops. Hell yeah. Billy being that smart dude killed me when he couldn't be the Gold Ranger in Power Ranger Zeo, but you know, whatever. But well, Jason uh, come back was dope. You can't tell me Jason come back wasn't dope. I sure, but I wanted it to be David Yost, man. <laughs> Give me some Billy in that thing. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But and, and I I think this is a huge stepping point for something that people might not even realize because Power Rangers ain't going away anytime soon. They release a new one uh, in, across the seas. <laughs> I don't know, every other year, every, you know, maybe every half year. Uh, yeah, the the Super Sentai series is fucking nuts. So don't don't expect Power Rangers to be going away. But I, I, I can't speak enough praise to the fact that they actually tried to fix things. And maybe it was uh, should have been sooner, but I will take it whenever I can. So let's do it. Let's see some more fucking Billy on the powers. And if he does fucking turn into the blue Triceratops Ranger, I'm going to be upset. Well, hold on now, because my my Ranger history may be off, but the reason that he could not, the reason he gave his power coin to Rocky was because something happened to him where he couldn't morph anymore. Well, and that was the part of that was him starting to break away from the corporation because he was getting bullied all the goddamn time. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, that's why absolutely. they brought in Rocky. Also, Rocky fucking blows. Let's just be like Frank. Oh, Rocky about sucked that. as a red, Rocky sucked as a blue ranger. He was a better red ranger, but I'm with you. I'm not a Rocky. Yeah, he just sucked all together. I don't like well, him. Rocky got Rocky got he lost his blue rangerdom to the kid Justin. So I mean yes. Who I, sucked even harder than Rocky. Yeah, sure, but, but stop. Me and you were close to the same age, and so when we were watching that, you can't tell me you wasn't hype to have a kid your age be a be a Power Ranger. Come on, dog. no, he was a whiny little bitch. I did not like him. At he was all. twelve. Yes, I don't care. Diva Tox should have dipped him in that like volcano. Well, look. D- by the way, Diva Tox was dope. Um, I'm I am just as much a Ranger fan as Sop is, and um, to see them doing right. By those original five, I still hate that uh, Toy Tran never got her just due because she passed so untimely. But, I mean, we all knew something was up with them. First. It was just so weird, so cool and so dope for us. But if you were paying attention, the black dude is the black ranger, the Asian lady is the yellow ranger. Like, we all knew something was up. Um, but, yeah, if you haven't followed the David Yo story, the fact that he's even entertaining, he just started doing Comic-Cons. With his like as as former Power Ranger David Yost, so to see him come back is huge. But if I may, I have a question for Sab. May I? Go right ahead. Go ahead, man. And and I we don't we if we can't do this today, we'll do this some other time. But we had a conversation the the last chance I had to talk to you through the chat about your disdain for the Power Rangers reboot movie. Yes. And. Uh, and this was something I wanted to debate with you. I've saved it for face to face because I, I'm not going to sit here and sit and tell you that it's a great movie because I no. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it looked visually great because the CGI did look iffy at best. But 
the one thing I will fight you on is the character development of those characters. Kimberly was her- terrible. I'm with you. But per- Billy in particular, his his character development, because in these ch- changes, when they reboot these things, they try to make them quote unquote grittier and more realistic. So um, for those who don't know, if you haven't seen it, Billy, they first and foremost, they completely flipped um, the uh, the black the Black Ranger was an Asian dude. Billy was black. They changed it so it wasn't so, like they wasn't telling on themselves, if you will. But they made, but Billy was autistic. And the dude, RJ Siler, who played him, I thought was like, that was, Billy was the best part of the damn movie in the entire time. Because he was the only one that kept, kept them together. But I thought Jason, I thought Trini, I thought, um, I thought Billy, I thought that movie was more than redeeming enough to have a second, and you just hate it. And I just kind of wanted to hear your reasons. First and foremost, the five Rangers are so incredibly unlikable from the very start to the very end. Put a pin on that, because we're going to talk about that, because I agree, but there's a, per- there's a point of it. But yes. Zordon is one of the biggest a-holes around in that movie. Completely agree. Bill Hader doing Alpha 5 is, like, why is he attempting to be funny? Stop it. I understand why you're doing that. First of all, Alpha 5 looks like, is one of the terrible. ugliest designs I've terrible. ever seen on top of yes. that. I, I Another thing, too, that I thought was weird was the fact that Angel Grove is not set in the beach community uh, that, that the original Angel Grove was kind of set in, right? That's a California city. And this Angel Grove is now like in the mountains. Sure. No, it's in California, just Northern California. At shout out to more Dave. Sure, but it's still in the it's still in the mountains though, right? It's not it, like in the forest lands. It's not in the 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 type of setting that we are, uh, originally remembered. The, the mm. movie didn't have fan service. Like, yes, they they remembered that it's Power Rangers. They got all the the things right. The Zords look fucking atrocious and to the it's so bad that you cannot recognize what's going on both like uh, is that supposed to be a a saber-toothed tiger like yeah uh and then after you get excuse me the megazord it it looks just like a hodgepodge of nothing goldar don't even get me started on what they did to goldar which is just unabashedly disgusting hmm. um and, and like all together it's just a movie that is boring not a lot goes on they try to make it adult uh themed in a sense you oh. could tell that they were uh like uh, we talked about this with O'Dowd that he thinks that movie was a fan service or not fan service but like geared towards younger younger kids mm-hmm. sure maybe but really, no, uh, they are like having makeout sessions in that movie. You're feeling like the pressure of this divorce and stuff be- with uh, with Jason and stuff, and you know, and his dad and whatever. It's just weird. It it has no real good payout uh, by the end. They lead you wanting more, you know, because you, the fact that you get the the Tommy kind of feel right but eh, t- you know we never really got to see anything and again you know maybe 
maybe if we would have gotten the sequel, which was rumored to have the Zeo crystals get involved, you know, that would have been one thing. But I'm going to say I'm better. I feel better off knowing that this movie is just going to get rebooted again. All right. Do Ray, I have time Ray, to retort? You can retort briefly, but I got Tony's about to fall asleep, so we got we got to move on here because he's yes, he's, he's he's nodding off. I can see it right now. I'll be very fast. Um, this movie reminds me a lot of the backlash of the Bel Air show show right now that's going on, um, the reboot of Fresh Prince because people aren't looking at. I'm not saying you're doing this, but people aren't looking at Bel Air uh, or the its attractors as a new series with characters we know, but completely different. They're looking at it as it's not what I thought. It was not what I saw in the nineties and people who are looking at it that way are completely missing the point of the series. It's supposed to be a retelling of a story. We already know from a different perspective, this power Rangers, they were supposed to be unlikable. Zordon was supposed to be a dick. It was supposed to be all that because now granted to you, it wasn't earned, which is fair, but it was because they're supposed to earn their goodness. If you will, that's the whole reason why Zordon didn't want them to be the Rangers. He was like, that's y'all the ones that's best. Whereas the exact opposite, Zordon picked those five on the, the, the TV show because they were of the purest of heart or whatever, or really because they were 20 miles away from the damn command center. Uh, also, teenagers with attitude. Well, yes, there you go. Also, to oh, say man. something wasn't earned, and have to have Billy die in that moment where they brought him back and Jason was and Zorda had to sacrifice himself. It was earned by the end of the movie, the happy parts. To um, each their own. Sure. Sure. Also, um, I thought having Elizabeth, whatever her name is, I can't Thanks. remember. Thanks. Thank you. As uh, Rita being an actual ranger who just turned evil was a nice twist instead of her just being some random space pirate person lady who wanted to destroy things because she could. Sure. I think there were a lot of redeeming qualities in that movie. By no means was it perfect, but I think um, if you do some tweaks, the cast, I think, was was the right cast. I think the tone was the right tone. I think they were headed to something that could have been much better, but they gave up on it. And it made money. It just didn't make a billion dollars. But uh, that's something I want to talk to you about. Just, just wanted to kind of get your opinion. I'm sorry. Dave, forgive That's me. Right. You, no, not a problem. Tony's the one who I'm worried about. He's got his microphone <laughs> down, so I know he's got... Did you want to add something to this discussion, Tony? Do you want to know my favorite Power Rangers? Sure. Yeah. My favorite Power Rangers, Juan Gonzalez, Pudge Rodriguez, uh, Ruben Sierra. Those are some of my favorite Power Rangers. <laughs> Rafael Palmero. Rafael Palmero. No, not, not one of my favorite Power Rangers. Oh, because it's a steroids. Al Rodriguez in, in, in 2008. Uh, not one of my favorite Power Rangers. Right. I, I just told you which ones they were. All right. On that note, let's let's move on because the rest of the uh, Jews around, I mean, news around the nerdosphere is going to focus on <laughs> boobs, boobs, boobs around the nerd, tasteful boobies. Uh, yeah, it's gonna <laughs> tasteful boobies. It's gonna focus on <laughs> show me your boobies and I liked it. <laughs> We're going to talk about some more favorite franchises that uh, collectively these are some of the favorite things to talk about. Let's start with some uh, DC news. One of it not it is pretty much expected. The other one is a huge development that I think has probably got Tony and I very hopeful. I, I don't know about Sop and, and Ray. He's but very, very wet knowing about it. He is. I can tell that. His his nipples are very <laughs> excited. Uh, we got confirmation that the Batman is going to be streaming on HBO Max beginning April 18th. It had been rumored 
uh, Patrick shared the article and I was like, what he shared, I was like, didn't they already confirm this? He goes, I don't think they officially confirmed it. It's officially confirmed now. April 18th, the Batman to HBO Max. And I think they're also going to show it on HBO proper, uh, either at the same time or within a week after it comes out. Uh, the Batman was a movie. I, I mean, I'm hopefully I'm not giving anything away. Pat and I just did a five by five on the best and worst comic book movies. We both had Batman in our top five. I won't tell you where. You'll have to wait for the episode to come out for that. But, uh, and I think all of us, Tony, Sop, I think Ray, you you uh, were on the Batman episode. We all love the movie. Uh, this is awesome that it's coming out this quickly as far as HBO Max gives everybody a chance to watch it again. Uh, no surprise. I mean, I guess it is a surprise that it's coming out that quickly on HBO Max, or maybe it's not. Not in this world. This the world is different. COVID changed everything when it comes to the world of entertainment. So no, I'm not surprised. You guys gonna check, already... you guys gonna check it out when it come, when it streams as soon as it hits? Oh, I just just saw it. <laughs> see it again. You can see things twice, Tony. I mean, yeah, I watch stuff. I need to watch. I can only yeah. watch that Stranger movie. Things. Exactly. I, I I can only watch that movie when I'm with Aesop. That's that's the problem. Ah. I'm sure you guys can like go to each other's house or something and just watch it. So go to uh, DPP's place and watch it on his 200 screen. Thunderdome. Yeah. Thunderdome, man. We'll just go to the bar instead. (laughs) Tell everyone to be quiet as that goes on. (laughs) Paul Dano's talking. Yes. Dumbass. (laughs) The password is anyway. (laughs) I love love Jameson. Um, the other big news though, it's a crop remover. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest news of the week, as far as DC is concerned though, is the merger between WB and discovery is now being termed WB discovery, but you've got the new CEO has come out and basically saying he wants to overhaul DC across the board, not just the DCEU comics, probably streaming, across the board and that they are actively looking for a, and I love that they actually quoted this, a Kevin Feige like character to head DC and get that all under control. Um, along the way, there's a lot of discussion about characters that, that, that this CEO and I I'm drawing a blank on his name. Somebody look it up for me if you don't mind. But, uh, he basically saying that he doesn't like the way some of the characters, the linchpin characters of DC have been utilized namely one mm. Superman, that he says, you know, we really didn't do enough with him. And I know Ray doesn't care because he doesn't like Superman. <laughs> but that's his... Here Capital, though. So. Yeah, and, and so they're they're looking at trying to bring back and, and kind of like get that franchise back on track. They recognize the fact, stuff we've talked about in here before, that the comics, when DC's comic line got kind of like trimmed down, the focus shifted too much to Batman. And that there were 10 different versions of Batman comics. And it's like, how the hell am I supposed to keep track of all this shit? So I think they want to kind of fix that. Um, you know, and I don't know what they're going to do with the DCEU, whether they're going to try and, and make it more Marvel-like. But they recognize the fact that there's been no consistency. There's been no cohesiveness uh, with anything that's going on, which is all not surprising to any of us. But still kind of hopeful to hear a new CEO who's basically got his keys to the kingdom saying... I recognize this is a problem and we're going to try and address that. Um, I'll start with Tunney since he's the, the other big DC fan. When you hear this and these statements, and I know he's talking about secondary characters. We want more movies like Joker. And I know Pat doesn't agree with that. Um, I'm all for Hey, let's get some different kind of looks at some secondary characters. And 
even do a few villain based projects. That's kind of fun. But when you hear comments like the CEO, no. <laughs> <laughs> that means more Morbius shit. No, Stop. no. Yeah. We don't need that. But Venomverse. No, no. Tony, when you hear a new CEO who's basically in charge saying things like this, does it give you reason to be hopeful or are you now even more cautious about, fuck, they really have no clue what they're doing? Well, listen, I think they're onto something by creating a an all-encompassing connected world, brand new and focusing on Superman and branching away from it there that way. Cause I think that's like what they want to do. They talk about Superman multiple times here. They talk about getting one person to come in and building from there. Right. And keeping everything same universe, right. Connected just like Marvel. It, that's what they want. I don't know. We'll see. I see some interesting faces from Aesop and Ray here. Um, I'm okay with them just going off of the Batman and and working in that universe that's what i want to see i could really give a shit about superman no no offense dave i'd like to see how he got woven into here into the batman in the future um so i think they have a place for it here i don't know why they'd have to start over there but definitely taking someone and having them control the overall scenario of the universe i think is a positive the ceo's name is david zaslav and and at least one article that we've read that they were trying to look for Paramount Pictures exec Emma, Emma Watts to take on the Kevin Feige-like role, although she's not expected to take up that mantle and go with it, which is understandable. But yeah, I mean, Tony brings up some good points. Let's turn it over to uh, Aesop now. I mean, your thoughts on, on you know, is, is this a step in the right direction or are they just still somebody new floundering in the same sort of uh, role? Well, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And uh, speaking of these are the Daves I know, by the way, um, with David Zaslav, uh, this is something that they need to do. You need to kind of have someone with a finger on everything in this universe it, the, because of the fact that they are all so connected in some way, shape or form. You just can't let them, I, I guess have free range of their properties. You know what I mean? And that is bit has been the biggest problem in the, in the DC uh, media platform it, that the movies are not connected. They are not on par with the animated movies. They are not on par with the, the live action shows. They're not on par with the HBO uh, series are not on. They're not connected whatsoever with the Arrowverse. Like there, it's everywhere. Literally, this is like DC with a whole bunch of branches going all over the goddamn place. Rather than Marvel, which is Marvel with a single branch that just runs along, and that that branch being Kevin Feige, like you said, they need someone like that to kind of make sure that they are doing DC proper. And it doesn't look like comic book movies are going to be going anywhere anytime soon. I think the, the smart way would be to make sure that they are damn good because that's how we're going to make money. Yeah, exactly. Before I turn it over to Ray, uh, I, I mean, it, it's all it's all great points. And, and the fact that DC so fractured as it is, is kind of mimicking what you get in the comics where everything's just in 
you know, stuff over here, stuff over there. How am I supposed to make sense of all this? I'm not that Marvel comics does it any better because they've got the same issues, but um, as far as live action and everything being connected and everything kind of joining together, Marvel's just killing it. And, and DC's like, I think Peacemaker relates to Suicide Squad, but even like sto- shows like, like, you know, I've been watching Titans lately and the episode, like they had the Titans Doom Patrol crossover in episode four of season one. And it's like, how come they never mentioned Gar in three seasons of Doom Patrol? Because according to the Arrowverse in that one episode, they're all on different Earths. So it's it's so confusing that it just it, it makes it undigestible for the average fan. Ray, your thoughts on this, your Superman thoughts notwithstanding, uh, I think you'd agree that whether you like him or not, he's a character that needs to be a focal point for DC to succeed, right? And, and do you think having this new vision is the right move for DC to take? Oh, I got a high five on Superman. If you want it, I'm I'm joking. Yes, Superman needs to be. He yes, he Superman is the most recognizable superhero in the world. I'd even argue more than Batman. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, because of the color. Mm. Because of the color. Maybe sure. Because I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about name. I'm just talking about if you showed the S, that's the most recognizable symbol in the history of of, of comics. I think. Oh. Yeah, mm. I think. That's a good, that's a good, they are one. They are one A and one B at this point. I would I would put that out there for you guys. Um, but yeah, you can't hurt, you can't hurt doing oh, that. You, I forgot about the Superman signal, my man. That's that's cute. That's very cute. <laughs> very, that's very cute. Yes. Um, uh, but split into red or blue. Just you, well, you look. You don't have to argue with me. I hate Superman. I love Batman. I'm just talking about the symbol. Um, but the, the wrong, word of the day, okay. the, <laughs> the word of the day is synergy, and there's no synergy with DC. Um, I'm I'm shocked that while however so many people who are associated with the show hate Zack Snyder, I'm shocked that they didn't just say Jeff Johns was going to do it from jump. He's in charge of them and everything anyway, so I'm blown away they didn't give the job to him. However, you feel about him personally, um, but the answer to the question. Uh, is it a good thing is yes and no. Y- you can never go wrong with having more synergy and making things more palatable and makes more sense. But the the, the 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 reason I say no slightly is because for the first time since the inception of uh, what you would call a DCEU or a shared universe, they're making movies that people like and are making money. <laughs> so like now it was working. You're like, no, let's go ahead and flip this thing around. It is interesting to me though. Like, side point out and we all have multiple times that you know you have the Arrowverse universe and then you do have Peacemaker that's connected to Suicide Squad and clearly uh Zack Snyder's Justice League because they had Ezra Miller and Momoa as Aquaman in the finale and then you got this and that I wouldn't count the the animated series only because those are standalones um but like not, not serious, but movies. But it's just, just no synergy. You don't know what's what. But if they could find a way to explain and make sense of it, that they said they're going to go with the multiverse theory in a way that Marvel could never do, and literally have, well, I guess what they're going to try to do with uh, Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness, where you have Pattinson's Batman, and you have... Um, uh, Affleck's Batman, and now you got uh, my boy um, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, 
but they're all Batman, but it's this world, this world, this world. They could find a way to make that make sense. I could rock with it, but I don't know if you can. But I also don't know that, like, nuking it and doing a full rebirth, but not in the comics, doing it on actual visual screens is the way to go. So last thing before we move on, I want to ask you guys, does this change over this, this alteration of mindset? Does this open the door to maybe bring Zack Snyder back and reinstate the no. Snyder verse? No, 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 no. Ray adamantly says, no, I tend to agree Not with Ray. All. Tony, what do you think? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Excuse me. Aesop, you got any differing opinion on this or you think, you know, this is not a door to a bridge to bring Snyder back. Only if he can do the new Wonder Twins movie. I wasn't even going to talk about that because, you know, I mean, just the Wonder Twins are the Wonder Twins. But Zan and Jan. I Let's know. go. <laughs> I just want to know, is Gleek going to be in there? If Gleek's not in there, then I don't give a shit, you know, about any of this stuff. So. <laughs> Let's uh, let's switch over, talk a little Marvel. We talked Marvel earlier, but a couple of uh, interesting news items from Marvel that uh, we're talking about. One of them I know Aesop had mentioned. I think you actually shared this article. So Marvel has con- confirmed that Miss Marvel's powers are going to be different in the series than they are in the comics, whereas in the series, she's going to have cosmic powers, whereas in the comics, they were the embiggening powers, and she basically got that stuff from the Terrigen Mist, and it unleashed her latent inhuman gene, and we haven't even really mentioned the Inhumans unless you're talking about the Inhuman series that, eh, was okay on, on was it Netflix or one of the series, or I don't remember. It was on ABC, though. ABC. Yes. Oh, one even, episode. Even, even worse. Uh, so, you know, they're definitely taking a different kind of tact with Miss Marvel. On the one hand, it does make sense when you think about her appearance in, 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 in Marvel's, which is going to be um, one of the big tentpole Marvel movies in the MCU coming out. So it makes sense when you got her and Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau. But how do you guys feel about this? I mean, that's a pretty drastic shift in her, in the source material, which we know Marvel ha- is want to do. They will deviate from the source material quite frequently. But is this a mistake to do it with Miss Marvel or does this make her kind of blend in with everything else that they're doing? I won't say this is a mistake because it's Miss Marvel. uh, This is similar to Moon Knight. This is a property that I would say the average consumer does not know. And that's fine. But I also feel like this is a mistake in the sense that you're losing out on a a very fun superhero. And my only reasoning in my brain that I can think of is because Fantastic Four has come. And to me, the embiggening powers is very similar to one Mr. Fantastic. So maybe they don't want to have that tie-in too much, uh, or I should say uh, have, uh, have it be too similar to that. Uh, because there's really just no reason for them to not allow the embiggening to happen, even if they are doing the Mar the what is it the Marvels movie. I, I, I'm not I'm not happy, but I'm not going to be upset. The the show looks fun, and I'm looking forward to it. When is that coming out? June. Yeah, June, um, June. Yeah, I I will watch every minute of it. I'll probably enjoy it because it looks that good. Uh, but at the same point, I'm going to wonder what could have been 
if they would allow it to be the embiggening. Do you think, and before I turn it over to Ray, I, I mean, I would be shocked if at some point in that series, her hands didn't grow for some reason. Because, I yeah. mean, they got to do that at some point. The source of it notwithstanding, however, they, I mean, in the, in the series, I guess she gets bracelets or something that gives her, harnesses cosmic energy and gives her these powers. But it's like, you can't have her have the exact same power set as Carol and Monica because three's a crowd. You know, why do we need all that overkill? So I'm imagining at some point, I know people are freaking out. Her hands are going to grow at some point and people are going to mark out for it. How we get there is another story entirely. Ray, your thoughts on, I know you've been kind of like shaking your head. You're not really in favor of this whole thing, I'm guessing. But what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so this is normally the type of thing that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a problem with. But I have an issue with it for one particular reason. Um, and I don't care if she and Biggins or not, like. The stretchiness is sure cool. My issue is, if you take away the Terrigen Mist, then you take away the entire an entire major portion of something that Marvel could use and probably needs to use. And I say that because I know that long term comic fans, it's the the royal family. You know, it's Black Bolt and Medusa and Gorgon and all. I get that, but to the newer comic fans of the past fifteen years. They know Kamala. She is the head, not the head, not the head, the most popular inhuman. And Kamala, with respect to Moon Knight, is way more, people know Kamala, if nothing else, because of the controversy of there being a major uh, Muslim teenage girl superhero. And she was the lead character in the Avengers game that bombed, but did make a lot of sales. So I just mean for, as far as the average consumer is is concerned, not sure. not as not through the average comic book fan. You know what I'm saying? Or even Marvel fan at that point. It, it's just yeah. harder to digest that. You know, if I ask my mom who, you know, Iron Man is, she'd be able to tell me, even though she's never seen any of the superhero like Marvel movies. If I ask her who Miss Marvel is or Miss Marvel, rather. No, there's no way. Spot on. No, also, we could, if we had this conversation in 2008, your mom wouldn't be able to tell me who Iron Man was then. Um, uh, I don't know. She know, still would not. know what Iron Man is. I heard that your mom wears combat boots. That's what I heard. Tony, don't make us start talking Power Rangers again. <laughs> I could use a nap. Um, but that's my issue with it, because the Terrigen Mist is so, such a major portion of everything that happens in Marvel, you know, and it's such a, I hate to use this term, but such an easy plot device to just completely ignore it. And also just from a story tick, it bothers me because the whole point of Kamala being a super fan of Captain Marvel was that she couldn't be her. And then she found a way to be different than her to make her proud. Just having to copy her kills the whole point of that. So they got, I'm not going to miss the episode, they, but they got a lot to show me. And this is, this is, I think this is important for another reason. Very clearly we're moving to the Young Avengers. And again, the most visible of those is usually Kamala. So she's the first one we're getting where a story from her perspective as a kid or teenager. So they got to play this right because she's very clearly going to be the lead and then you're gonna see riri when she comes out or whatever and then 
uh, Cassie Lang and Billy and Tommy and uh, Eli. Um, Kate Bishop. Uh, Kate Bishop. But Kate Bishop is grown. Right. I mean, she's in high school or college okay, or Bishop, whatever. Kate Bishop was. Yeah, she's like a sophomore in college. Kyle yeah. was supposed to be 15 years old. So I, I, I will say that, um, you know, if you are bringing in the Illuminati and speculation is running rampant as far as that Black for Bolt. multiverse of Matt Black Bolt, Reed Richards. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of competing and compelling reasons as to why that might be going on. Uh, you know, Ray, you mentioned Riri. We're going to go to her that in just a moment here. But uh, Tony, he's somewhere around here. You got any thoughts? I know you're you know, you're not really, you know, huge on the source material. But, you know, you got any feelings about Miss Marvel and kind of this deviation in her power set? Uh, something you care about or are you just like you're like, I'll watch it in June and, and I'll let you know how I think then. I don't think I'll even watch this one, to be honest with you. So really, how come I didn't pass the smell test for me. what did it smell like uh, on a movie? I'm not going to watch. That's what it smelled like. Oh, it smelled like the Northman. Gotcha. Smelled like teen spirit. Not tasteful boobies, but, you know, it's all right. So. <laughs> uh, high five. Ray mentioned Riri Williams, and we actually got some information about Ironheart, the series coming out in, I think, I don't know, sometime next year. We know that Ironheart's going to be brought in through Wakanda Forever and and that sort of thing. And now they've got kind of the whole idea as to who they are going to get to be um, – I guess coming into this as far as directors. And I think you got the big news that Ryan Coogler of black Panther fame, who's also going to be involved in Wakanda forever is going to be a show producer, but they've got some uh, other people as well who are coming into this thing. And of course I've lost the whole article discussing this, but anyway, yeah. (laughs) What are you guys thoughts on this thing? I got to pull it up, but you know, some iron heart news, they're moving in in a certain specified direction. As to how they're going to go and do this thing. Uh, how do you guys feel about this new direction with Ironheart? And I'm going to go and look it up and find all this shit that I just lost. So, I think that when America sees Riri Williams in her story, she will be the darling of the comic book world. Because her story is one of the, just speaking from a storyline comic book perspective, her story is one of the most... Uh, emotional, crazy, yet happy stories you could possibly find. And um, with her showing up, the the battle of her and Shuri and their wits ought to be interesting to see in in Wakanda forever. But then with her flipping and having to deal with armor wars with Rhodey coming next year, I just feel like I'm not like you guys. I'm I'm not like you guys in that I you say a director I'm like oh yep it's gonna be like this I don't I don't know doesn't I don't know that knowing Coogler is behind it makes me feel a lot better about it but I don't know nothing about the director um, but I think she is so important to the possible future of of the MCU and I don't mean to I'm, I know this may sound a little uh, outrageous if you will but who she is as a character it can be it's so hard to once you already have, Sob knows this because his profession is one that he lives with us every day. Once you get fans, you good. It's hard to add fans once you've got fans. And Rick is one of the few I can see 
that can add fans for them if you when people see her story. So as long as it's done right, that I that's what I'm interested in that. I just I just want to see as long as she's done right. I've bought I have bought every Riri Williams Ironheart comic that has ever come out because I'm that behind I'm that behind the character. So so the director I, I don't care who directs. They got Sam Bailey. He's gonna there. Sam Bailey and Angela Barnes are gonna split directing duties on this. It's gonna be produced by Ryan Coogler through Proximity, which is a production company that he's co-founded. Um, and Dominique Thorne is playing Riri, Riri Williams, who mm-hmm. we will see in Wakanda Forever. Uh, Aesop, your thoughts on this thing? Uh, some some positive direction for Ironheart. How do you think this is going to impact the series, if at all? I hate to be this way, Ray. I have a feeling they're going to change up the story. And, okay. uh, and the reason why I say that is because one of the situation at hand with uh not having chat no not having chadwick boseman oh okay uh and that's clearly going to want to change the story in some way shape or form in ironheart or in or in the wakanda forever both because of the fact that she's being tied in to wakanda forever well in the comics riri never really messed with the child it was her and shuri but i feel you okay but exactly yeah, I feel you. Yeah, and Shuri's character is going to have to change. The whole the whole character lineup is going to have to change. And yeah. uh, also, too, Disney wants to make it their own. And they have already changed every last uh, source material known to man by establishing that the MCU is not the Marvel Comics universe. Uh, you know, dip the other MV- MCU. And it, I don't know how much that's going to change, but it's definitely going to change. Sorry. Yeah. But I mean, we, we just talked about it, uh, not too long ago with, uh, um, uh, yeah, with like, uh, Kamala, uh, like it just is what it is. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how much they do now again, not saying it's going to be bad by no stretch of the imagination. Having, Coogler involved is great. I've always loved Ryan Coogler's work. And anytime he works uh, with someone like of Michael B. Jordan, they do masterpieces, or at least those two themselves are masterful together. So I, I think he can get this to be at least a B plus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think we're, we're safe in that zone. But I, I hate to do it to you. I really do think they're going to change up the story. And uh, I mean, to be fair, starting a story with like two drive-bys isn't really Disney level. So. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, and there was a lot of tie of that in uh, Black Panther, you know, with the the uh, the housing unit that uh, What's-His-Face grew up in. Um, Killmonger. Uh, Killmonger. Yeah. So maybe they tie that in through there. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. Well, hey, by the way, shout out to the fact that Marvel's actually deciding, like, open-fisted, if that's a term, like, to tackle these, like, American, black American problems. Like, you know, with what they did with Killmonger, what they did with um, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and now Riri in Chicago and all the gang violence she has to deal with, even though she's like the most smartest person in the world at 15. Eh, well, give, him, give him a little shout out for that. 
that should be a really cool show. And and I mean, you know, it, it's essential at this point. I think you know you got to have an Iron Man esque character going on, and she's obviously going to take up that mantle and, and go in that direction. So I'm here for it. I, even though if I, apparently I'm frozen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna like fix that in just a second here. So. Um, We'd go on to the last. Oh, Tony, you got any thoughts on 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 Ironheart and, and this direct directorial direction or anything like that? You're are you here? You're going to wait until the trailer to see if it passes a smell test, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> a man of so many words. That's what you love about PC Tony. Last thing we're going to talk about, guys the uh, the you know our other favorite franchise that we like to talk about, which is Star Wars. And we got some interesting news this week about the fact that the director of the upcoming Ahsoka series says that we are going to be very happy. Bryce Dallas Howard says that fans of Clone Wars will be very happy with the direction of the Ahsoka series. Um, as a fan of Clone Wars, I'm excited, you know, feel these nipples, that sort of thing. But I don't know how you guys feel about if your guys are, have watched a lot of the Clone Wars. I mean, we got to see Ahsoka in in Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett and, you know, whatever Pat's thoughts on that whole series, notwithstanding the Ahsoka parts were cool. So how do you guys feel about this? I mean, it, when she says fans of the clone wars are going to be happy. I mean, Ahsoka started off kind of like not the most popular of characters then evolved and got very fleshed out. It kind of really became the focal point of clone wars by the end and had a big part to play in rebels, especially with her showdown with Darth Vader at the end of this. Um, a, are you guys fans of Clone Wars? And B, if you are, how do you feel about the director of the show saying you guys are going to be really happy? Tony, well, you always let me say, start. yeah, Tony, you, I was going to throw it to Tony because he says you can never have okay. too much Star Wars. But well, you know. I was going to say I'm the least most knowledgeable guy, so I let me get out the way just real fast. I know nothing about Clone Wars. I know nothing about those shows. But the two three times I've seen Ahsoka on screen, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, aka Mandalorian. Season 2.5. Yes. Was dope. So I'm with it. There's everything about it. And as long as I get to see her fight Thrawn, which apparently is something that's going to happen, I'm with it. Tony, Star Wars fan extraordinaire? Uh, yes, it's all Star Wars, right? Um, I, I'm not a big uh, consumer of the Clone Wars, but I, I do know of it and I know the quality of it. I think... Rosario Dawson really kind of made everybody think that this character is, is a super cool character in addition to everything they've done, uh, you know, off of the big screen. So it's just an interesting story to tell. You have so many different interactions that are important with this character, like you mentioned. So, I mean, I'm here for it. I probably check in, but I mean, you know, I'm more of the live action guy as opposed to anything else. Yeah, and before I turn it over to Aesop, I mean, you know, we know Hayden Christensen is coming back for the, his role in this show, along with Obi-Wan, which comes out next month. Uh, so, Aesop, I mean, I don't know if you're a big consumer of the Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that. And, and how do you think this this reason for to be excited that the director's like, oh, Clone Wars fans are going to be really happy about this? Clone Wars is the best TV product that uh, Star Wars has put out. It's like not even close. The Clone Wars was the best product. And if they are planning to make this Clone Wars-esque, I think they would be best to do that. 
And you know, you saw it. Bad Batch was a lot of fun. Uh, Rebels, Rebels fell off, uh, and that's only because I, I think it was just uh, too different. Um, they 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 had they they didn't want to do the the Clone Wars route. They kind of wanted to make it a Disney spin, and then after that kind of fell off, they realized what a dumb job they did. So they spun it back uh, in Bad Batch. If Ahsoka is truly going a Clone Wars route. I think they would be best to do so. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a really good show. I think you got, I mean, all BSing aside, you've got some really promising Star Wars series coming up. Obi-Wan is the one that I'm really looking forward to because I think that's going to be a tremendous and how how that ties into everything. You know, this is when he thought the Skywalker saga was done. Eh, maybe not. You know, that sort of thing. I did want to see. Is- Go ahead, Ray. Is is that the only Star Wars series we're getting this year? I think that's the only one we're getting this year, right? I think we got. Yeah. Or no, I take that back. Mandalorian season three, rumored to come, oh end of the year, rumored to be the summer. Uh, the guy who plays Moff Gideon, who who's a uh, Esposito, Giancarlo Esposito, he came out and kind of dropped something. That was another news nugget earlier this week that you know he didn't give a specific date. He said coming soon, and then it kind of got leaked a little bit further that. Probably this summer, we're going to get Mandalorian season three. It's like, you know, the hell they had most of it filmed in Book of Boba Fett. If you listen to Patrick and Ray, that, you know, that sort of thing. And <laughs> Tuddy's rolling his eyes. Uh, but I think, yeah, you're so you're going to get Obi-Wan. You get Kenobi coming out. Then you'll get Mandalorian season three. Then probably Ahsoka would be next after that, I would guess. Right. I don't. Hear, Sounds about right. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear him doing anything, you know, expanded as far as animation is concerned. I, I got to laugh. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry to kind of change uh, the subject. Um, wasn't there a rumored mall series? No, I don't think so. I think they've kind of gone. They've done it all they can with him. You know, with the what they did in Clone Wars and Rebels with him, kind of like wrapped up his story pretty but i mean i guess it would be cool to kind of see something about what he what he's doing in between those that story arc i, and, I thought there was a darth maul series in the works but i think they it, were kind it, of it vacillating on it yeah they were kind of vacillating they, remember uh, at, uh, what was it uh what they called the day where they released all the shit they were three on? three months ago giant freaking robot darth maul live action series in the works hmm. okay I'm here for it because Darth Maul's he's one of those characters that has got cult status, cult favorite for sure. status. And and if you can get Ray Park to reprise his yes. role, th- dude, everyone's going to absolutely go nuts. Wasn't isn't Ray Park quote unquote canceled? Will, will they even bring him back? Is he canceled? He did some some crazy shit. I think I don't remember what it was, but we can talk about that off air. But I don't even know the letter. As long as it's not Gina Carano level shit, he should be okay, you know. Well, (laughs) she's back. So (laughs) Uh, I got to laugh about this, though, because this is freaking hilarious. This article where I'm reading about the um, (laughs) Mandalorian director, they've got a link in here. Moon Knight fans think they know who the villain truly is. In parentheses, yes, him again. Can you guys guess who people think the villain in Moon Knight is? Without even clicking on the article, say it, Ray. Thanos. No, no. Nightmare. No. You got it wrong. The other one nightmare? that's mentioned a hundred thousand times that we've mentioned in the past. Oh, Mephisto. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey man, we talked about this. 
It needs to be Dracula. Let's go. I'm all for it, man. Dracula. We're getting, we getting Dracula and Blade. I bet you bet money that's going to be when we finally get oh, it. Oh, Ray, you haven't been listening that I'm thinking we get Blade and Moon Knight. Could Ooh. be coming. Could be coming. Ooh. Uh, with the ru- rumor mill, or not rumor, but fan theory is uh, Arthur Harrow is actually Dracula. Ooh. <laughs> you, I, I want you to know. I love you with all my heart, my brother. If that happens, I'm gonna be so fucking mad at you. For yeah. that from that, that's all fan theory, but I really do feel that Blade is coming. So he's the Nick Fury of the of the dark. Uh, Midnight Suns. Midnight, Midnight Suns. Yes, thank you. Yeah, spend some time on CBR.com, which is a fun website for a lot of this crazy ass shit. But fellas, that is gonna do it for the uh, pagan edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on this Easter Sunday. I want to thank, of course, the one and only Rabbi Ray Cash for coming by today, rejoining the show on extremely short notice, coming in here. And uh, I mean, can, can we get Ray cheered for once, Tony? Is that possible for the for his oh, convert I... coming out of conversion camp and coming in here? And he don't even want to do it. He don't even have the job ready. He doesn't. Have I can job. no. I can. I can do it. I just wanted to first say, Ray, it's great to see you. Good to see you, man. I'm, I've missed you guys dearly. All right. He's gonna, come to boo. he's gonna all right now boo he's it. Gonna, yeah, boo yeah. now he's gonna tear up on us man ray thank you so much for coming on on short notice it was a pleasure to see you my friend all kidding and, and conversion camp jokes aside it was great to have you here let people know where can they check you out on social media and the interwebs i mean nowhere right now <laughs> we're honest i got a twitter at it Drake cash are you as a mysterious c-a-s-h-s and dollars i ain't been nowhere Y'all have not seen me or heard from me. Like, text me if you need to get me right now. Ray's like dark man, you know. He's like everywhere but nowhere, or that character from the comics, you know that that sort of thing. But yeah. you know, I'm in the void. Maybe you're more like Blank Man at this point, you know that. that oh my! <laughs> that talk talk about a downgrade. Oh does that God. make does that make Tunny David Allen Greer? I think it does. Speaking of the one and only PC Tunny. The man who loved Power Rangers more than life itself. Tony, where can people find you on the interwebs when you're not sleeping through a Power Rangers discussion? Uh, you can find me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything on Chairshot Radio Network. You can find that on all of your favorite streaming platforms and at thechairshot.com. And of course, my other Jewish partner in crime here on this special edition of Bandwagon Nerds, the one and only Aesop Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell, where can people check you out? I know you got quite, unlike Mr. Cash, you have quite a few things going on right now. Oh, I'm doing so much. Uh, first of all, you can find me on Twitter. I got two different pages, uh, at Violent ASAP, also at Dave and Cudahy. Please give a listen to the other fantastic shows on our ChairShot network, uh, including the one I do with my brother, down the wire every Monday or we record Mondays <laughs> uh, every Tuesday the, during Thursday. the week. Thursday morning. Thursday now. What the hell is this, PC? <laughs> Lazy ass. <laughs> Regardless, uh, this is that's an unprofessional podcast, so it's only fitting that we just drop it whenever the hell we want. Uh, but uh one last thing, since this is such a fantastic Jewish episode, big shout outs and RIP to Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, yeah. 
You know, definitely of, needed to mention that. One of the legendary mention, Jewish mention uh, comedians. And, yeah. What about the mention? Just a little bit of a mention. Mention. mention it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm saying, bro, just you Gentile. <laughs> but yes, had, had to be. He was one of my favorite stand-ups around and uh, truly was a sad passing. Uh, another one of those hidden uh, deaths, you know, that that have been kind of topical as of late between Norm Macdonald, Chadwick Boseman, you know, now Gilbert Gottfried, just kind of crazy. Bob Saget. Yeah. yeah. Louis, Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot all about Gilbert because it happened, what, right at the beginning of the week or something. But yeah, he was, uh, as far as Jewish comedians go, and I mean, he was, he was really, really awesome. And the voice of what? He's a Iago from Aladdin, right? Iago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was yeah. the Affleck duck until he screwed that up. Damn tsunami. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, yeah, good point, Aesop. Thanks for reminding us about that. Happy trails to you, Gilbert Gottfried. And, of course, check out all the stuff that Aesop mentioned. As far as me, you can check me out on Twitter at AttitudeAg. That is at AttitudeAgg. And on Facebook.com slash AttitudeOfAggression. That's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Again, a special thanks to Ray, the Rabbi Ray Cash, for being on. Aesop Mitchell, my Jewish brother from another mother and another father, for that matter. And the one and only PC Tunney. Now, get out of the basement. Go celebrate Easter properly, not like we are. And make sure you check out all the great stuff on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, which is also the home of Bandwagon Nerds. Catch you guys soon. So long. Because that was their last domain of dominance. It was their area. They were the king up until Tiger. Yes! Son of a black man and a Thai woman. Not even a German geneticist could have thought that one up. Black athletic ability. Buddhist concentration. Crouching Tucker. And then... He goes to the British Open and he plays at St. Andrews where they fucking invented the sport. And after the fourth round, he's 18 under par and there's only 18 fucking holes. And all the old men are going, oh my God, we're doomed. How did he learn to play? We wouldn't let him join, dear God. And they start having nightmares of golf carts going, I'm playing through, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew. Pebble Beach, motherfucker. Sandy!